0: Welcome to the Female Physician Entrepreneurs Podcast. My name is Dr. Sharon McLaughlin. I started the Female Physician Entrepreneurs Facebook group. It's a place where we network, we learn about business, healthcare, startups, tech. And each week on this podcast, we're going to be hearing about inspirational stories from our members, as well as those in business and medicine who are really making a difference and stepping outside the box. If you like the podcast, do me a favor, give it a great review and I'll see you on the podcast each week. Hi, Docs. Today, we're going to be speaking to Dr. Rani Shalov. She's a board-certified ER doctor whose high-pressure jobs sucked the life out of her, leaving her weary, burned out, and unable to enjoy her family, her kids, and day-to-day life. Because she made great money, she felt bound by the golden handcuffs and saw no end in sight. But through real estate investing, She was able to quit her grueling emergency room job and move into a less demanding role as a medical device company. She now helps frustrated physicians who feel trapped by their jobs, earn passive income so that they can have the freedom to do what they want with their time and not feel bound by by their jobs. So, Dr. Ronnie, thanks so much for being here today. I'm interested to hear your story. You got into how you got into real estate investing. How you get into the medical device company. Tell us. You're working as an emergency room doctor, which we know is a very high-pressure job, a lot of stress. How did you come about getting into these other jobs? Did you? How many years ago were you thinking about leaving? Tell us about the, the your journey per yeah, se. absolutely.
1: Well, first of all, thank you for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, so I started feeling signs of physician burnout around 2012. Um, so I was five years out. Uh, maybe I even had signs earlier. It, it's hard to really know. But 2012, um, I made partner in my um, in my group. And I had this like fear, like, oh, okay, now I made partner. Now I'm, I'm stuck. Like now I have to stay in forever. Um, and you know, fate had it, they, you know, a different story for me. And we lost our contract at the hospital. So the, they basically kicked the entire group out and put in one of those, you know, corporate medical groups. And, um, so now that wasn't a factor keeping me in medicine anymore. Cause I was like, wait, well, hey, I worked so hard to become a partner. And, um, so then we didn't have a, the, a, the a, a contract anymore. So I had to figure out, you know, well, do I want to leave medicine? And then I was like, well, I can't leave medicine. I, I can't be burnt out already. It's too soon. Um, so I started really looking at other options, Um, maybe working in a smaller hospital, maybe becoming a partner in a freestanding emergency room. Maybe I'll, I'll be able to stave off burnout, maybe not a trauma center, maybe something smaller, maybe, you know, less intense. You know, I was hoping that I would last and last and last, but really after bouncing around, um, for probably another three years, I was, uh, like, okay this burnout's not really going away. What am I going to (laughs) do? Where do I go? And there at that time, really, I didn't know. There weren't a lot of mentors out there, physicians that left medicine. There was a few here and there. Um, And I was trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And it was really a three, you know, well, it was a three-year journey once I figured out I wanted to um, leave and go into medical device. But I started in 2015, figuring out that if I was ever to leave medicine, everything is a pay cut, um, especially as an ER doctor. Um, so I was the primary breadwinner and I, I got very scared, you know, like, how am I going to, how am I going to leave medicine? And then now my family's, you know, everything that they're used to living, their quality of life is going to have to completely change. And then what if I don't like it then? Um, So I, I kind of crafted a plan um, to bring in other streams of income, um, multiple streams of income that can supplement um, to the level that I was actually at. And I use passive real estate investing to do that. Um, We started syndicate investing in syndications. um, And we, we bought into a, um, a standalone building that had an auto zone in it. And, and like, I forgot where Minnesota or something like that. Um, and then we started putting our money into self-storage, um, into retail centers, um, into our, uh, RV parks, mobile home parks, assisted living, so we kind of really spread it around within real estate um, and then we found apartments which is kind of what I do now um, and all of those investments started giving me recurring income to the point where I was like okay now I can start looking outside of clinicals I can start looking you know at pharma or medical device or you know I looked at utilization management I kind of tried a lot of different things until I decided um, what I wanted to do. So it was not a quick step. It was many, many years of, of, of strategizing for sure.
0: When you let mention that you left clinical medicine, it's an important topic to discuss because people do think like, I'm going to leave and I'm going to find something right away. And that's why I wanted to specifically ask you that question. Most of us have been doing this for a number of years and you brought up all the important points and really wealth without plan, you are the primary breadwinner. There's not a lot of jobs out there that are going to replace your physician's salary. So if you're used to living at a certain income, it's hard to give that up. And the way that you just, you know, talked about it and processed it all. Thank you for sharing, you know, your journey with us as far as that goes. Tell us as far as the real estate investing for somebody looking to get into it, what would you suggest?
1: I would suggest learning about it first, learn, then decide if it's good for you because Real estate in general, it, there's so many ways to do it. You can be active, you can house hack, you can do you know, uh, uh, something called a burr where uh, you buy it, you renovate it, you refinance it, and then you rent it and you just live off of that. There's, there's house hacking, there's, um, there's buy, you could buy one duplex and live in one side and get the tenant to pay the other. There's long-term rentals, there's short-term rentals. There's like so many ways to become involved in real estate. You could flip houses. I mean, there's just so many ways. Um, And you really just kind of opening your eyes to real estate in general. And then you got to figure out, well, how active do I want to be? Do I want to be hands-on, control everything, but also have the headaches? Um, But at least I'm in control. Or do you wanna do passive where someone else controls it, but you don't have any headaches? Or you could do a mix. I do a hybrid. I do, in some things I'm an active, in some things I'm a passive. Um, and really, it, it really opened up a completely new world for me. Um, but really educating myself, listening to podcasts, reading, to blo- reading blogs, going on Facebook groups is kind of where I started. Um, And then I eventually transitioned into uh, reading novels and books and going to seminars and and doing webinars. And now, you know, I'm in multiple paid mentorship programs. So um, there's a lot of education that I've put into it, um, but I really just started off with the free stuff like a podcast or a blog.
0: Perfect. Thank you. Tell us about getting into a medical device. A lot of us are interested in doing different things. They're looking into utilization management and that medical device would spark interest for some of us. How, what would you suggest there?
1: Yeah. So that was really hard for me to figure out kind of what I wanted to do because I, after doing utilization management for a little bit, I was like, I, I just could not work for the, like a company that I wasn't aligned with. Um, And I felt like their goal is to say no and screw the patient. And I was not, I was not for it. And I needed, I figured out that my core values, if I'm going to go and work for a corporation after so many years of helping so many people, I need to continue that journey. Um, And so then you're, you know, you can just completely block off a completely new sect. And so then you have medical device and then you have pharmaceuticals and it's, it was a decision of like, which one do I want to do? And I started just kind of learning about it. What are the roles? What can you do as a physician? Um, And what's ironic is that that the role that I am actually in right now um, is not physician specific. Um, I'm the director of post-market surveillance Um, which kind of falls under uh, quality and safety um, at a medical device company. And the person that was previously in my role is an engineer. Um, So I, I'm with my medical background, I'm bringing in a lot of new perspective and, and um, a new way to see things, which they've, they're floored by um but it's not a requirement and it's not really the traditional way to enter a medical device so i would say the first thing to do is to talk to people as many people as you can find that are in the field that you might want to be if you want to be in medical device or you're just learning like where do you go talk talking to people that work in medical device, physicians specifically, talking to doctors and physicians that work in pharma, and then figuring out what do you want to do? Do you want to do, what do you feel comfortable with? For me, I, I like the idea of technology, um, innovation, it excites me. And um, a lot of it was having to do with, like, did I want to relocate? Um, And uh, the company I work for is in my Metroplex. So I didn't have to relocate at all. Um, So that was a big uh, deciding factor to take something like that on.
0: Looking back with the things that you've done, any regrets, anything you wish you had done differently, started earlier? What are the things like looking back that perhaps you can give some advice to somebody listening to this podcast?
1: Yeah, I mean, I wish I was more open-minded in the past. Um, People would start talking like finances or real estate and my eyes would glaze over. And I'd be like, I don't, I don't want to know, like, just don't tell me anything. I just want to do my job, get my money. And I'm set. Like, I don't need to know that stuff. And what happened was I could have started earlier. I could have been studying five years before and not done anything. But because I was so closed off to hearing new ideas, like, no, it's not only the stock market and and your savings account. Like there's other options to grow your wealth. Um, So I I think that if I had been more open-minded, I probably would have started sooner, um, which would have been definitely like a game changer.
0: I hear that often, but I think it's important to know that a lot of people listening, they'll reach out and message and be like, you know, I just feel burnt out. I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And you wrote it so beautifully when you said that, you know, in the beginning in your bio, you didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. So thinking back to that, any changes, you know, you mentioned the losing the contract with the hospital, your, you know, your group did, and then you did some things for three years. Was there any turning point specifically anything that happened like why were you open not open one day and then open the next or it was a gradual process
1: yeah well i'll tell you um and i'm gonna give a shout out to peter kim (laughs) we love him Uh, he yes so he did a leverage and growth um uh, seminar or conference it was the first one and this was like mid middle of covid you know we were emergency room The emergency rooms were like busy and and the cdc was releasing information like you can wear a trash bag and you can wear a bandana and our hospital was not giving n95s you had to wear your same n95 for a week before they would unlock the cabinet and give you another one Um, and i was like this is I mean, they don't care about my health. They don't care about me. They, you know, why would, why am I doing this? Um, and I really didn't know what to do. Um, and then Peter Kim had this, this conference where 50 physicians were talking about things they were, they did or were doing outside of medicine and just like maybe the immersion of it or, or, or just hearing so many diverse stories, so many people that just, did it. And how did they do it? Well, they just, they just took a step forward. They just did it. Um, I was, after that conference, I was super motivated. I mean, there was someone that was talking um, about uh, like Amazon e-commerce stores. I opened up an e-commerce store. There were people talking about blogs. I started a blog. Um, There were people doing real estate. I started, you know, like looking into paid mentorship programs in real estate. I just was like so inspired. And I don't know, that was like the switch. And since then, just, I'm a different person. It's, it's really unbelievable.
0: Right. I think you're a different person for many reasons, but I think when you have options, right, you don't, not so dependent on one job, you, hit, you nailed it when you said multiple streams of income, I think it changes how our outlook on things when we normally would say, yes, and get pushed into a corner and just keep doing we're unlikely to do because you have other options. And why would you want to do that to yourself? If, if it's not in a line with your values, like you mentioned.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Options, freedom. Yes.
0: Going forward. Tell <laughs> yeah. us what, what you'd like to see. What are your future plans?
1: Well, my, my future plans are really to educate as many physicians about this option um, people hear the word syndication and they get really scared about it because they don't know what it is. It sounds really scary, a syndication. It sounds you know, like maybe a Ponzi scheme, maybe like um, a marketing, like MLM marketing or something like that when it's actually not. And, and really my goal is to educate, educate. What is it? This is an option. Um, people don't know what they don't know. And if I can be a voice and say, listen, it worked for me, you know, I did it. I didn't know anything. I was closed off. I was, you know, I didn't want to be hands-on now I am more hands-on, but I didn't want to be hands-on and this was an option and it worked. So really giving people hope, giving people freedom to choose what they want to do with their time. Because once you can buy back your time, with supplemental income, multiple streams of recurring income, then you're not a slave anymore. And you can really hop off that hamster wheel and decide, like, do I want to stay on the hamster wheel, which is perfectly fine? Or do I want to get off? Um, maybe even just take a sabbatical or, or whatever it is. But it just gives people the freedom. And I really want to help people. I mean, I'm scared that all the physicians are going to be like me leaving medicine. Uh, we won't have a doctor to take care of us. Um, So if I can, I don't know, keep them in medicine or help them, you know, relieve their stress, um, then I think that that would be amazing.
0: A lot of doctors may say, well, I have the medical school loans and there's really no extra money to invest. What would you say to those doctors out there listening that they don't feel like they not, they may be living paycheck to paycheck or close to it, what would you say as far as putting aside money and investing?
1: Yeah, I think that it's very important to not say no. It's, it's not, I can't do it. It's how can I do it? Because being very creative, and these, uh, these are SEC regulated investments, and you can actually use your retirement accounts to use them. But there's a lot of creative ways to invest. Um, you can uh, pull out equity in your home. You can, um, you know, save more. You can lower your cost of living. You can use your retirement accounts. You can tap into maybe whole life policies that you might've been using and, and pulling out the cash value. There's a lot of different ways if you actually want to do it and are committed to taking action. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'd be happy to talk to anybody that is like, help me do this. I can help them come up with a plan and how you can start because it really is just starting. Um, because once you start getting the, the momentum, um, you just don't stop. It's just starting is the hard part. <laughs>
0: You mentioned after PD Kim's conference, you were doing a blog, you were doing this, you were doing that. I think that's like almost that shiny object, but it's like testing the waters as well, seeing what you like and what you don't like. And I immediately thought she's taking action. That conference inspired her to take action. And that's why you are where you are right now compared to being where you were back then when you were listening to that conference. For people that want to get a hold of you, where can they find you? I'll have this in the show notes as well, but tell us where they can reach out to you.
1: So I'm on Instagram and Facebook, shallwin, S-H-A-L-W-I-N properties.com is my website. Um, shallwin Properties on Instagram, shallwin properties on Facebook. Um, I also have uh, like an educational uh, videos and webinars through a funnel that I'm building. And so it's it's gonna be invest.shallwinproperties.com.
0: Thank you so much for coming here today and inspiring us especially those who feel like they're either burnt out, pushed in a corner, not sure what to do. I get a lot of these questions. So thank you for sharing your story. This is an important one.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you for joining us on another episode of Female Physician Entrepreneurs Podcast. If you like us, please give us a nice review and tell your family and friends about us. We'll see you on another episode.